best pod. Hey, Brave, Sammy, KFDC, Improv. It's a podcast, not a cast pod. Hey, Brave, Sammy, KFDC, Improv. Sammy! What? Uh, uh, what's uh, up? What are you delaying the audio there? What was that? See, I was giving myself a little bit of uh, echo and delay, yeah. Oh, I like that. No, I realized after I tried to do it, I sounded more like Polly Shore. <laughs> So that didn't really work out either. You do kind of sound like Polly Shore. Is a that a bit. good thing or a bad thing? No, that's a great thing. Polly Shore, I mean, I'm sure you recall this, but mid to late 90s, Polly Shore had an amazing career. I don't know if you recall this, but Polly Shore was actually my idol. I know, and, and shut the, you down. And the motherfuck. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> uh, 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 buttons, buttons. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. oh, there you go. Motherfucker shut me down. I know. Shut me down. Insulted me. So much so that even my friends that were working at the venue and my friends that actually booked him were like, dude, we know how huge of a fan you are. Here's a VIP ticket. Just like, go meet him. Go meet him. It's going to be super cool. And he fucking dissed me. Dissed me. That is terrible. I can't believe it. Well, you'll have another chance to meet him, and I feel like you'll be more on his level. Because let's be honest, right now he's not doing anything. Oh, what are you talking about? If I meet him, I'm going to ask him one question. What's that? What's the capital of Thailand? Bangkok. Boom! <laughs> Bam! And then I'll just fall over. And that basically sums up the podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Sarah Frazier and Sammy Kay. Welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. So much to get to on this show. And two words sum it up. Air sex, air sex, air sex. Okay, that was technically six words, but I get what you were trying to do there. Yeah, right. Basically two words. Air, air sex. Uh-huh. Um, Sammy has been telling me over the past couple of months all about this phenom of air sex championships. It's the Air Sex Championship, Sarah. You keep on calling it Air Sex Guitar, which doesn't make any sense to me because I go, wow, that's a that's a very niche uh, crowd right there. It's so funny because the other day someone was asking me about it. And, and by the way, we're going to have the guy who founded this, and he's a comedian. He also uh, hosts these Air Sex Championships. Uh, Chris True is going to be on the show to talk about this, how this all came about. And it's a multi-city tour, and he's very cool. So I was telling somebody the other day about this, and I was like, yeah, you know, Sammy and I really want to go to this, and we're going to film these air sex guitar championships. Uh (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah. And they were like, really? So you play air guitar while trying to have sex? I was like, absolutely. And I was explaining to to people as though I knew 100% what it was, and then you reminded me today, there is no guitar. There's no guitar. So, like, you keep on saying air. That's why you're confusing people, because they go, air sex? And guitar. Maybe she's just talking about guitar. Or maybe, what are they doing? Are they playing air guitar to sexual music? Like, Well, Chris True is on this show, and we're going to tell you about air sex, where you can see it tonight if you're in the D.C. area. But it's all over. So if you listen to us in Baltimore, if you listen to us in L.A., Philly, there's it's a multi-city tour. So we'll tell you about that. Also, I, you know, this is what? a big day. Why is it a big day? Because I am officially swearing off psychics. Oh, so you're finally... <laughs> Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm gonna... I had a psychic reading this morning that was so inaccurate, I thought, okay, I guess I'm no longer a believer. I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to tell you, Sarah, I will celebrate with you, okay, this momentous day and occasion, all right? I'm going to drink champagne tonight. I will do that, okay? We yeah. will celebrate this, all right? But with one little, you know, one little, I just want to say my one little piece beforehand. What? 
Becoming normal is no is no need for celebration, Sarah. Okay, like the, believing in psychics makes you a complete whack job. All right, and so now that you're finally in- excuse me. A lot of our listeners and longtime fans have believed in psychics, and I get emails all the time from people who believe it and have had psychic experiences. But I'm going to tell you, I had a reading this morning from a woman um, that I'd met mm-hmm. several months ago who gave me is it like the one I know. Hmm, you know, no, 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 no. She's you know, really sweet. The no, sleeper. No, no, no. No, the sleeper. Ooh. Sarah, do I have to remind you again? The one, that, the psychic that we found sleeping in our office. <laughs> oh, that one. That one. She, by the way, she's not psychic. She's a tarot card reader. Still, same crap. Okay, so she reads tarot cards. Oh, same and she stuff. came in here and gave you a reading uh, for your birthday, which you were pissed about. But I'm going to tell you this: I'm done. I'm done with psychics. I well, just I don't believe it anymore. I had a woman who gave me a reading six months ago, and it was I thought at the time super accurate. And then I but... then I phoned her today this morning. Uh, you know, we had an early morning reading, and she basically gave me completely different information and like more health problems and different health problems than she diagnosed six months ago. And I was like, you know, I'm beginning to think, mm, I don't I don't know that this is accurate. So, like, what exactly did she tell you you were dying from that made you realize well, that she... six months ago, she kept saying to me, and it was interesting because remember when we had um, the cool psychic that was performing here at the DC Improv? I can't even remember oh, her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, well, she was, like, super hot. Yeah, like, yeah, tats yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. What was her name? She oh. told me about my, uh, she told me about my bathroom being, like, my bathroom wall being broken down. Which was true. Which was true and super freaky. I actually think she was probably more accurate than the woman that I just had a phone call with. But anyway, this woman had had set, had piggybacked on. It's, I think it's Cindy Kazon or something. Was the yes. Cindy Kazon mm-hmm. was the the kind of rock and roll psychic that we had on the podcast, but. Anyway, Cindy had said to me something about my chest, right? And then she kind of picked up, like, maybe your mom had breast cancer. So Mm -hmm. she said something about my chest. So when I first met this psychic that I called... So she was ploying. She was trying to get information from you. All right? That's the first thing that psychics do. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. When I first met this psychic that I talked to this morning, but I initially had met six months ago, she kept saying to me, you should have your chest checked. It's not breast cancer, but you've got something... You're going to have something going on with your lungs when you're Mm -hmm. like... I'm concerned when you're like 45, okay? So something... Be very vigilant about your lungs. So this morning when we get on the phone, she had no nothing about my chest, but in fact, the arches of my heels. Apparently, I need to wear really good shoes because the arches of my heels are sending a warning to her. No, that makes sense. <laughs> what? That makes total what does sense. that make sense about? That makes sense. She's oh. like, sorry, I just confused two really flat things. <laughs> So bad. And then she also told me I need to invest in a night guard because she thinks that my back... A night guard? <laughs> the back right molars are very stressed and they're like wearing themselves oh, down. I thought she actually meant a security guard, like a night guard, like a guard that would stand outside your place at night. I was a night guard. What are you talking about? Like, haven't you ever seen um, a... Like um, headgear? She wants you to wear a headgear? <laughs> yes, yes. Headgear or go have a retainer made to wear it at night so there's less stress on my jaws. Oh, God. That must suck for Dan. <laughs> This was her advice. Really? Yeah. I say go for it, Sarah. You know what? You're going to be single soon anyways, and nothing is more attractive than a woman with a mouth guard. She told me that there is a child in my future. She believes a daughter, but if I don't want to have it, then the gods will give it to somebody else in my family. What the hell does that mean? So that means you better watch out because (laughs) if any of your cousins or if Seth pops out another kid soon, you're fucked. That was your kid. That was the one kid. So she told me that, but the health stuff was just really ridiculous. And then... um, 
then like she had initially like told my brother that he needed to like watch out for colon cancer this time there was no colon cancer it was just like so contradicting I was like alright so I think she I've given was up. full of it like right and last time she told me hey I don't know if you should take on any jobs because I don't think that you and the Hey Phrase show you and Sammy are mm-hmm. not going to be here probably longer than six to nine months meaning I think we're going to be moving or traveling yeah and the only interesting thread that she did have that was the same as Cindy is she kept saying West Coast do your armpit stink no I was trying to figure out what that smell was and yes it is my armpits <laughs> gross yeah, I smell like you today. <laughs> and she kept saying, you guys will go to the West Coast. But now she's like, it'll be like within four years. So I'm so confused. Is it six to nine months? Is it four years? I mean, I'm, I'm putting my life on hold for these readings. Is it then- breast cancer? <laughs> is it flat feet? I don't know. What am I worried about? What is? Anyway, I'm over it, well, you guys. I'm glad. I'm glad. Welcome to the regular side, Sarah. Welcome Good. to the, you know. So that was my little story about that. Um, and then also, you know, the debates. Last- I'm so over politics. Are you? I'm, I'm politics oh, I'm so- over. I want to say so yesterday, done. here's the thing I said what, this. What did it to you yesterday? Can what I? finally did it to me yesterday? Well, other than, okay, during the debate you're talking about? <laughs> All right, well, during the debate then, what did it to me was I was sitting there and I finally realized that my liver could not take another debate for another four years at least. Because you've been playing all the drinking games? Not even that. Just we drink every time something was just like, every time there was just a palm, you know, like you just, a, you know, a palm, like you put your palm, face palm, you go, oh gosh. Every time we did that, we just ended up taking a shot. Every time we were disappointed, we took a shot. My liver can't take this. Like, I just physically cannot take this anymore. I I just can't take it mostly because I'm so bored and I just don't care anymore. It's so hard. Like, everybody now fact checks everything they say, but then one network fact checks it, like, that Donald Trump's right. The, it's just, I can't, I'm so over it. I'm I burnt also, out. I also I'm got screwed out. with the game, too. Do you ever play this game? No, what So game? an election like this, like, you can tell, they make drinking games, right, when elections are kind of, like, fun. Okay. You know, when they're this serious, you know, there's no one's, like, really talking about, like, oh, there's a presidential debate drinking game. Play along. Like, no one's really doing that with this one, right? Yeah. So my, me and my friends did was we just put, we picked keywords that we thought they were going to say, right? And, like, any sort of root of that, every time they said that word, boom, you had to. So, like, one of my friends had liberty. You know, another one had, you know, ah, economy, okay. right? I unfortunately picked China last night just to be an asshole, and I ended up drinking so much because of every time they mentioned China, they were like, I was like, no, no, not enough. No, 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 really? More whiskey? I have a question, too, about this. Obviously, you know, I, I mean, I'm either writing in Bernie Sanders or voting for Jill Stein or something. That's probably so you're going to waste your vote, Yeah, what saying? I am, probably. But um, I do have to tell you, and I feel bad saying this as a woman, but... I find Donald Trump's mannerisms and what he says so hysterical. Like, I love last night when he's, like, doing the debate and Hillary's talking and he's, like, mouthing words. Wrong. Wrong. It's so funny. I mean, he's hysterical. Yeah, but hold on. But you do realize that by you throwing away your vote, you're going to have that for four years. How hysterical is that going to be? No. It's not... Uh, my vote really, is not going to make or break it. Yeah, but hold on. Do you know how many people think just like you? And, like, honestly, I have so many friends that, like, it's staggering because every year I have a bunch of friends that say, I'm not going to vote, right? It's normal, okay? I'm I have a vote. Group, I have a, no, but see, like, they're just like, they're like, I'm going to vote for a libertarian. I'm going to vote for the Green Party. Uh-huh. Like, you know, where their vote just is kind of just going towards, it's more for the ideal than actually helping, you know? Every year, right? I get, like, a handful, I'd say, like, five, six people. This year, there's like 30 of you out there. Do you understand that if all 30 of you switch over and start voting for that, it's going to totally skew the election because the only people that aren't undecided are diehard are diehard Trump supporters. Well, here's- it's the Democrats are like, well, I'm gonna, you know, people that would normally vote for a Democratic candidate maybe, or you know, are saying, well, I'm going to vote for this this time because I'm just so disillusioned. 
Well, it's not like it's going to hurt him at all. I think this is my reason for voting for a third-party candidate. And I thought this was interesting last night. Sammy and I did this Fox 5 pre-debate Facebook thing, and um, I thought a couple people had some interesting points. I'm going to blame you, just so you know. <laughs> and just so you know, if you are making this in that four years. If we have to deal with this for four years, well, no, I, I will blame you every day. Here's my every reasoning, day. and I'm sure lots of people will email me. But I think what I did hear last night people say, which I thought was great, is it is time for a third, a strong third party. And I know many people had different reasons. Yeah. There was never going to be enough money or whatever. But I do think with this election, it's probably the first time in history where you're going to get a significant number of third-party votes to the point where I think those numbers are going to be a story. I think Hillary's ultimately going to win. She has a big lead on Donald Trump, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but I want to voice my opinion as to, in this country, we need a third party that can actually be different because there's just no new ideas. But hold on. And I, I want my vote to, I, Hillary's going to win anyway, so I don't care, but I want my vote to go, hey, oh my God, 8 million people in this country voted for a Jill Stein or a Gary Johnson. Like, wow, there's a real need for change. That's all, that's the reason. But like anyone that was logical yesterday was saying, it really doesn't have to do with a third party. It has to do with one of the main parties splitting into two because they're so factioned up. You know what I mean? Well, great. That, that's well, the think... issue. So I think, like, here are the things I say when a lot of people say, I'm going to vote for a third-party candidate. That's like saying, well, I don't want sushi. I don't want tacos. So fuck it. I'm just going to go for whatever. Like, Because you really don't know. And I, everyone that I've spoken to that's saying they're voting for a third-party candidate, they don't really have an actual issue that they're really agreeing with that person on. They just kind of pick and choose what they like, not realizing that also these people have some horrible standards that you would not agree with. You know, I agree. I mean, I watched in, you know, I don't care. We're not political experts. I never want to be. But I watch John Oliver all the time because I think John Oliver. <laughs> that is probably the whitest thing ever. I do. <laughs> be like, I, love... I don't watch politics, but I at least watch John Oliver. I do. And I don't care that I'm white. Um, and I honestly love his reporting and take. I think it's the most interesting. And you're right. Gary Johnson and Jill Stein have some really messed up things as well. Gary Johnson can't answer questions on a lot of things. Totally agree. I was a Bernie fan, still am. We'll probably write him in. I'm going to actually vote for Jill Stein. What I'm really excited to do is one day I'm going to sit. I think during our next vacation, I'm going to sit around, right? And I'm going to take clips because I want to say it's within the first 10 episodes or so of the Hey Fresh podcast that you actually went on one of your first ever rants. And it was about how horrible John Oliver was and how much you didn't like him and how you didn't like him. I thought it was annoying and stupid. Yeah, it's true. And then, boom, play today where you're like, oh, God, he's the greatest. I can't even get through a week without him. It's true. I really did not like him until. We got closer to the politics. Actually, the whole Donald Trump thing That's what made got you me on. go, wow, he's doing more compelling, interesting fact checking uh, political commentary than any other news station. And it's actually, when you watch it, compelling to watch. And you so learn something. Edward Snowden didn't bring you in. But Donald no. Trump did. Yeah, that did it. Okay, that's good. That's awesome. So anyway, but that's well, it. I'm glad. I'm sure Welcome to the disagree. team, Sarah. That's good. Well, thanks. You can always email us your thoughts, Sarah at HeyFrage.com. I'm sure lots of people have very convincing arguments as to why to not vote for a third-party candidate. But Who's I'm just going to say this one last time, though. What? If I get four years of Trump, I'm blaming you every day for four years. Go for it. I'm blaming you every day for four years. I appreciate years. your opinion. Now, fuck off. Okay, good. That- <laughs> And you, you know, know what? what? Hold on. This is when I wish I had victory music queued up. Where's the Rocky theme when I need it? Like, Sarah, that was fantastic. I've what had the hell? It. I've had it. You just, you just, wait, Sarah, hold on. Okay, hold on. Let's replay this one clip. Let's replay it one more time, Sarah. Okay. All right. So I make a comment. 
I go, Sarah, I'm going to blame you for Donald Trump if we get him. Okay, I'm going to blame you every day for four years if we get Donald Trump. I appreciate your opinion. Now, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, guys. Sarah Frazier. Sarah Frazier. I'm no longer nice. Uh-uh. Look I've at you, girl. I've got some edge to me now. I'll tell you to fuck yourself to your face. <laughs> Yeah, and when you write me about why I shouldn't vote for a third-party candidate, please yeah. take the time today. But I have one. I have one. Uh, it's the new unsubscribe. I used to write that to people, but this is the new one. GFY. Thanks for your opinion. Now fuck off. Thanks for your opinion. Now go fuck off. Look at you, Sarah. Welcome to the dark side. How does it I feel? I don't care anymore what you think. It feels good, right? It does feel like so it feels liberating. Yeah. Remember yesterday when we walked into Fox and you're like, "Sammy, you look great," and I go, "Fuck off," <laughs> right? Like, it was awesome. It was the that best felt response. great. See, that feel, it feels good, Sarah. Even if you don't really truly mean all of it, it feels good, you know? Well, everybody, that's how I feel. I've turned over a new leaf. I'm uh, no longer nice. Good for no. you. G-F-Y. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, G-F-Y, do we want to call Chris right now? Yeah, Because there's a couple other stories I want to get to, too. Uh, a lot of people in the past couple of weeks, and I don't even know how I feel on this, but I wondered how you feel. Because, as you know, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. A lot of people are thinking and saying that it's now time to hold Howard Stern responsible for his sexism. I don't even know if I can defend this or not, but it's a very interesting article that's come out. And then also, have you seen these pennies that are apparently um, – strewn throughout D.C. and other cities are like thrown out and they have like a 1,000 on them. They're larger than a regular penny and a bank contest is doing them to give away money. Wait, really? Yeah, and they're on the street. So I'll tell you all about that, where you need to be looking down on the ground today and find these pennies, because you could be $1,000 plus richer. That's awesome. So we'll get Chris True on the line. He is the inventor of Air Sex, which is an actual competition. They travel the city. He's also a comedian. And he says um, pro wrestler. Uh, that is Your call funny. has been forwarded to an oh, automated Chris, voice messaging. Chris. Chris. I'll call back home. Um, also on his Twitter profile, he says that he's involved with pro wrestling, which I find fascinating. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you a pro wrestling trainer or are you a pro wrestler? I think he just like, you know, I think he goes some. I think he really likes the stuff, you know. That's amazing to me. Pro wrestling. Okay, and I get made fun of for collecting dolls. Dude, wait, pro wrestling's sick, though. You can't ever hit on pro wrestling. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so, okay, right. All you right. definitely can't. It's the same as having a doll collection. Almost. <laughs> Except for pro wrestling's cool. Hello. Yo, Chris, what's going on, man? What's up? Can you hear me okay? Hey, yeah. Chris. Yeah, we can. Hell yes, I love it. I love being heard. <laughs> we were, you know, before we talk about air sex, we were just talking about on your profile, it says pro wrestling. How are you involved with pro wrestling? I am actually a professional wrestling feature manager of the decade. I manage uh, a stable down in Austin, Texas called The New Movement. And I, you know, it's a thing that I invested my time and money in. And now I'm on my way to being one of the best managers of all time, to be honest. See, I was trying to talk, Sarah was trying to talk shit about it, and she's trying to say that her doll collection was as cool as that. I was like, no, no, Chris is actually doing stuff with his wrestling. He's not just, like, collecting wrestling paraphernalia in his basement. <laughs> I, I, no. I kind of was making fun of pro wrestling, and I was just saying that I get made fun of on this show because I have a 500 doll collection, and people think that's crazy. And then I'm just always fascinated by the pro wrestling world and that people still follow that and are a part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, 
I mean, it's an amazing art form, and if you want to go toe to toe on it, then you know, strap in, let's go. Let's talk. Uh, speaking of strapping in, though, okay, you're on your way to DC right now, right, man? I sure am. I just passed dinky uh, old Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm trucking straight up to our nation's capital. Now you're going to come up here because tonight at the Rock and Roll Hotel, and of course you're actually going on tour. You have many other dates. People can check out all the other dates online. But you're bringing air sex. Okay. Yeah. The Air Sex Championships to DC. This is what now going to be the fifth, sixth time you guys have been here. It's actually going to be the eighth time being at the Rock and Roll Hotel. Eighth. It's our most wow. It, it's our most used venue in the entire country. It's the only. It's the only venue in the whole country that I've never changed a single time. Rock and Roll Hotel is our home for Air Sex in Washington, D.C., and I'm so excited to be there tonight. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about how people, like tonight, is it anyone who wants to sign up and compete? And I'm assuming it's exactly what it sounds, right? Like, you have a set given amount of time, and you are just having the most creative air sex you can have. Yeah, that's the beauty of this show, really, is that it is exactly what it sounds like. It's people getting up on stage and making love to nothing at all. And tonight, (laughs) anyone can sign up. Anyone can sign up. It kind of has a open mic uh, karaoke feel to it. It's like, it, think of it as the first round of mm. our national championship show. Come one, come all. Anyone can sign up. We just need your stage name and your song choice. Our judges will, will narrow the, the field down to their favorite three, and then the audience will crown the champion who has an opportunity to fly to Austin, Texas, where they will vie for the national championship belt. Oh, my God. I, go ahead. Do now, what does a championship belt look like for an air sex champion? Oh, good question. Well, it actually it resembles a, a professional wrestling belt that we just kind of retrofit to, to be appropriate for sex as opposed to wrestling. So, but it, it, it's, very, it's very prestigious. It's very important. It's memorable. Everyone who has ever won this in the past has it in a very prominent place at their home. And, it, you know, it, it's something that everyone really wants to, to have ownership of. Well, that was my question, is who holds the current title right now? The current title holder is Flash, who is a young kid from Brooklyn, New York. I believe he's 22 years old. He came from the crowd last year in our Brooklyn show and won the audience's heart. He flew down to Austin, Texas, and he was wearing his, his American spandex onesie. And he just won the crowd's heart over. He's a he's a very aggressive kind of lingus artist. I'll yeah. say. Okay. Great. He has, <laughs> he has crazy hair, crazy mouth. He's he, he's very talented. Okay, and Chris, um, so switching gears before we talk about how people can can come and see the Air Sex Championships tonight, um, you have an amazing career. I mean, you've really designed your own career. You're a stand-up comedian, pro wrestling. You also write jokes um, for the NBA, and you've contributed at Uproxx. You've got the Air Sex. I mean, how did this start out? Did you ever have a corporate job, or did you always know you kind of wanted to be a comedian and an artist? Well, that's very, very sweet, and I'm, I'm smiling really big right now on I-85 North. I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. I, I, it, the last job that I had was working at a pizza place in Austin, Texas. I, I've always wanted to, to, to do comedy, and then I think that I just quickly learned early in my career that, that not waiting for someone else to give me a job that I think I wanted, uh, like that, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to just, I wanted to carve my own path. And so a lot of the things that I do are really hobbies that I just 
really love doing that I later on figured out a way to make into some sort of income. So it's like, like, like basketball is a great example. Like I really love basketball. For a long time, it was the thing that kept my mind off of comedy and, and constantly being, you know, working hard and stuff. Right. But then I loved it. So, I loved it so much where it was like, Man, I should write jokes about what I'm seeing here because I have a I have a really nice season ticket behind the visitors bench. So I was like, I listened to these big, multi-million-dollar athletes like gossip and gab during timeouts. I should write a column about this. So then I ended up making that be a you know quote-unquote work thing as well. So I think it's that mentality that kind of led me here, just being like. Do what you love to do, and then figure out a way to make that thing pay your phone bill. Wow! Oh, go ahead. I was going to say with air sex, though. Okay, I'm trying to think in my head. Like, are there is there anything that really is off limits in air sex when it comes down to the performers, or do they just pretty much go all out? Keep it. Well, we want people to go all out in terms of commitment and and you know and just how interesting it can be. We want we want to be dazzled, but there are some limits. Like we don't want you to do anything that is inappropriate as far as as far as like as far as the sex world is concerned. You know, we don't really tolerate uh, bad behavior as far as anything that is. Can, can can kind of cross the line and make people uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. there are some limits to that. And also, those things aren't funny. So it's mm-hmm. not like we have these crazy rules to make people abide by. Our our rules are basically like, you know, don't be rude. Like, let's, let's keep it a safe place and have fun. And, uh, and the other rule is that we don't want people to bring physical objects on stage to, mm-hmm. to hump. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not the dry humping championships. That sounds gross and terrible. What a stupid idea to dry humping championships. <laughs> it's all about air sex, y'all. Yeah. Well, and I love the air sex idea was completely yours, right? Well, it was. It, it started at the Alamo Draft House with uh, the, the owner of the Alamo Draft House, Tim Lee. We saw a video of some basically a a sad Japanese video that was like. We are lonely, and so we have to have sex with the air. And it was in this very sad, darkly lit coffee shop. It looked like at the time we were running, we were running the Air Guitar Championship shows out of the theater in Austin. And we thought, what if we ran an air sex show with the same kind of energy and enthusiasm as one of these air guitar shows? And then when I took over the show completely on my own, I. I made it a point to inject some professional wrestling type of hype yeah. into it, as well as well as some, as well as more of a sports competition feel. And we've been honing that the voice since then. And uh, yeah, at this point, I'm running this show by myself with my partner Brock Labord, who is the tour manager. Oh my God, Chris, you have such an amazing career, and I feel like just so representative of what young people want to do today, which is, you know, not work a nine-to-five. They want to create something on their own that, you know, gives back to people and is entertaining, and that's what you're doing. So congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. It's very sweet. I love it. Now, I'm going to try to drag Sarah out tonight for her first ever air sex championship. Um, What do you recommend for the other newbies out there who are coming out tonight or coming to a show near you, you know, on your tour in the future? Well, I would would love for people to come to the show with an open mind. I would love for people to come to the show perhaps with a little twinkle in their eyes, you know, as far as maybe signing up themselves because – 
Like I said before, we will take anyone off the street, no matter how much you've prepared. Most of our contestants have not prepared. They just kind of get oh, that. Good. They kind of get that that bug up their butt. Kind of it's kind of like in karaoke when you watch your, when you watch someone in karaoke who's not great at it, and you're like, oh, I can do that, mm -hmm. and that looks like they're having fun. That's kind of what happens in Aerosex. Oh my so god! I hope when people come to the show tonight in DC or wherever else on tour, I hope that. You're just ready to have fun. You're open-minded. You're letting loose a little bit, and you are enjoying being a witness to the greatest sporting event in the history of the world. It honestly is, Chris. I'm telling you, like, you know, I've been going for a couple for a few years now. I've seen a few of them. Dude, this is honestly the most entertaining night that I think DC has. Like, I can list this on top five entertaining nights that my city gets every year. You know, so I thank you for coming out, man. But where can other people find oh, out? I love that. Yeah, where can other people find out? You know, what other cities you're going on? They can also follow you. You know, give us yeah. kind of your info. Sure. Well, I, you know, if, if if you're digging, if you're digging me and all this stuff, I would love it if you would find me on whatever your favorite social media is. I'm at Chris True. That's T R E W, Chris True. And on this current tour, we're in we're hitting D.C., Richmond, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Cleveland. Uh, Memphis, Kansas City, and Austin. And you can find all those details at airsexworld.com. And there's some very, very big news in the airsex world uh, coming very, very soon. I hope Ooh. any day now. And I wish I could spoil Well, I can kind of give a little bit of a hint right now, but we, we, we got a TV show. I and knew it! It's very awesome. Very exciting. I can't say what network it's on yet, but, but we filmed the entire first season and I'm crossing all my fingers in hopes that this just pushes air sex over the edge and it becomes like a household name in the in the world's fifth sport. You know, move over soccer. Air <laughs> yes, love it. <laughs> awesome, Chris. All right, man. Have a great night. We'll see you tonight, brother. Bye, Chris. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Bye. Bye. Told you, right? Oh you want to? You're coming now, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, gotta, I always feel weird when I say the word "coming" when I'm talking about air sex. But like, you are going to join us tonight, correct? You know what I was wondering before I say yes or no. Now he said no props on stage, but do people yeah. keep their clothes on, or for the most part, I do will people say get for the naked? most part they do. No, like they do. They're like, I'm telling you, that's why it's so epic because it's like what you can come up with with your clothes with your on clothes and without on, props. With the, yeah, and like sometimes they wow. do have like outfits. Like some people will wear like one lady dressed like in a like sexy lingerie one time. You know what I mean? So they may have outfits and stuff, but really it's just your creativity, your hand movements, what you can do with your hips, what you can do with your fingers. That is so... Well, thanks for hooking that up because Chris was really great. It's going to be it's, awesome. I'm telling you. I'll be there tonight. Look, at, come on by. I'm telling you, it's going to be stupendous. I'm going to say yes before I later say no. No, I'm going to drive... Okay, I have your address, okay? I have... Oh, really? You're going to drive to Virginia again? I don't think so. I'm not probably going. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to, but I'll send you an Uber. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm going to try and make it out. But anyway, tonight, Rock and Roll Hotel, 8 p.m. And Sammy... Door's at 7. I think the show starts at 8, so yeah. It must be... You, there must be an admission cost, right, for the ticket? I think it's I 15 bucks at the door. Did he say that? Okay, all right. So, I want to make sure people know that. Yep. So there we go. Chris True. Oh, my God. Fascinating. Well, look, if you're walking around D.C., maybe on your way to air sex tonight, have you seen this contest that's going on with these 1,000 pennies? I have no idea what you're talking about, Sarah. Sorry, they're 10 pennies worth $1,000 each, and they and some are hidden in the D.C. area. Okay. Now, if you find one of these, it's all part of a bank promotion for Alley Financial. They're going to put 100 pennies nationwide in dis different cities, but 10 of those will be here in the D.C. area, each worth a grand on this national treasure hunt. But the penny is large than a regular penny and it actually has like a 100,000 mark on it. Oh, okay. So but here thing 
how many people actually know this is going on? Like, because I feel like I could have found that penny. Stupid. I, I literally could have found that penny yesterday, and today I, I threw away a handful of pennies. You know what I mean? Like, I literally just threw them away. Well, it's funny because I was just looking. I was like, God, I feel like I found this penny. And I was going through, like, all my pennies. and But I feel the same way. I probably, like, gave it away or tossed it. Yeah, man. You think uh, this is going to, like, fail on them big time? Well, yeah, because they're going to be like, well, we gave out 100 pennies, but only gave out $1,000 because no one knew the contest was going on. The bank says that 10 pennies will be hidden all around the district and other selected cities, as I mentioned. Ally Financial is the online banking company. Um, the company says the sweepstakes is designed to show that pennies still are valuable. Do you believe that? Really? It's like, honestly, why don't they just be, why don't they say what it actually is? Which is what? We have no originality, so we stole the Willy Wonka contest and we're doing it with fucking pennies and money. Um, excuse me, they say a penny saved is a penny earned. Really? <laughs> how many pennies will... Like, do, you, do you realize how invaluable the penny is right now? I can't wait for... Invalid. They need to get rid of the penny. I think it's going to happen in the next, like, you know, in our lifetime, we will no, we will no longer have pennies. Well, hopefully They'll before, be taken off the market. Hopefully before be- this contest is over. No, I was going to say, hopefully not before this contest is over. So look down on the ground today. You could be $1,000 richer. Wouldn't you crap your pants, though, if you really found one and you actually wore it? I mean, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah, Isn't that but- when you always think differently of pennies? No. Because I would realize, physically speaking, I'm never going to find another penny that's worth $1,000 ever again in my life. So, might as well stop, you know, messing with pennies. Uh, I don't know. I was like, I saw that. I'm like, now I'm going to be looking everywhere. I love Pennies just look so dirty. Like, I'm not OCD, but they are the dirtiest looking money that you can get. They're, and they are everywhere. I do feel like people, like, drop them like a piece yeah. of gum here. Uh, Eminem, you know, he's on our bucket list of, of dream interviews that I would love to have on this podcast. Oh, my God. I have a million questions our for Eminem. Our bucket list of dream interviews? Okay, fine, mine. Okay. Mine. I have a couple people on my bucket list. You and Kid few. Rock. Sandra Bullock, Kid Rock, Eminem, Howard Stern, just to name a few. Okay. I see a theme there. Well, I like people that are outliers. I enjoyed Chris a lot. I mean, I love people that do their own thing. Sandra Bullock is not an outlier. That's true. She, what she's makes a her an outlier? Yeah. Uh, the only thing that she's not a conformist in is she has always maintained this kind of elusiveness with the media. Like, she doesn't really engage with media. That's not being that an outlier. That's called being, like, normal. No, a lot of a lot of Hollywood actresses of all ages. The thing that makes her an outlier is who was that biker she married and got cheated on? Jesse James. Boom. But I admire her because she's always stayed classy. Like, you know, I feel like I want to be Eminem, but I also want to be classy. It's so hard to decide. Classy? You've never seen Miss Confidentiality, have you? Oh, come on. That's the, I have seen it. And that you can't say she's not. It's so classy. It's such a parody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I adore her. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's fabulous. She looks great. She never ages. It's amazing. But anyway, Eminem yesterday, did you hear the Hill campaign speech? Sort of song that he dropped that was like a seven-minute kind of rant rap? I'm- Sarah, it's called a freestyle. Okay. Okay, well, (laughs) He dropped a freestyle yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I heard about it. It's awesome. I love it. Well, he says that he's working on a new album. Great. Then maybe he'll have to do public promotion. Then he'll want to be on this podcast. I hope so. Probably not, Sarah. Uh, He calls Trump on this freestyle um, a loose cannon. He also um, freestyles about Colin Kaepernick, the mystery with novelist Agatha Christie. See, I knew we had something in common. Thank you. Uh, and then goes on to talk about politics, where he says that no one should vote for Trump. That's interesting. I didn't think that uh, Eminem would, I don't know, weigh in on this election oh, of all things to come back on. Did you? Really? Because yeah. Eminem's probably there being like, oh, God, guys, come on. You can't have Trump. Why do you think he's so anti-Trump? Because he's a, he seems like an intelligent human being. 
I think he is very smart, but... Less remorseful than every morsel, unpleasant, horrible, hello, gorgeous, the rebel with devil horns just fell off the yellow short bus. Met a contortionist, said, when you want to get sexual. Really? She said, however, I fit in your schedule. I'm flexible. Expired tags on the Saturn got Catherine Bach in the back and Daisy Dukes with the hazards on. A traffic stop. Well, anyways, it goes on for seven so, minutes. So, do you think his album, the new album that he's working on, which may be out in 2017, will be as relevant as his past work? I mean, Eminem has not released an album that has not been a huge hit. I don't even know when his last album. He just had that album last album with like that Rihanna song on it. You know, we talked about shutting the front door. Oh, that was how many years ago, though? That was well, like, Sarah. He doesn't release albums that often. Like he's Eminem, you know. So you think it will still be majorly impactful? Yeah, of course, impactful. it's Eminem. It's gonna be a hit. I can't wait. I can't wait to see who he goes and interviews with on the, his promotional tour. We'll be putting in for a request. Yeah. Hey, do you mind showing up? <laughs> DC Improv. I feel like that'd be his place, yeah. Yeah, he'd be like, actually, you know what, screw yeah, it. Yeah, right. I know, that might actually work. Better chance. Um, look, this story is just gaining some steam, but I want to know how you feel about this. As you know, obviously, I'm a huge Howard fan, but um, in light of everything that's happened with Billy Bush and then Howard Stern came out earlier this week and said that he has a lot more interview and with Donald Trump that he won't release because he feels like it's essentially not right to do that to a guest um but now people are calling for howard stern it's finally time to hold him accountable for his sexism and the fact that we're still dealing with all this misogyny and basically his show made that mainstream yeah do you agree with that i've been saying this since day one i I never understood why you liked howard so much when you think about everybody that you hate and everyone that you think like when you talk then you talk about people that you hate right and how they act who do I they hate? act that way because they look at Howard Stern as like someone that you know can do that and get away with it. I, I think that the average Howard Stern listener, no offense, like they're not you know the brightest crayon in the box. Usually, <laughs> I have a lot of my friends that listen to Howard Stern, and they're not the brightest crayons out of the boxes. But do you think that it, you know Howard has kind of created? And yes, when all of a sudden you have radio entertainment, when you have entertainment being, you know, women coming on, getting naked and talking about them and having them do embarrassing things to demean them, and that's what you make your career off of, and then all of a sudden you wonder when you have a generation of people sitting there going like, yeah, grab it by the pussy, Donald didn't do nothing wrong, that's not wrong. Do you think who, do they, who are they raised with? Howard Stern. You think Howard Stern's anal ring toss it has led us to where we are now? I would say that I think no. I think that the notion of him just using women like that is why Donald Trump can say the demeaning things about women and why it's not affecting his campaign negatively. Because there's a lot of men out there that were raised with a lot of people that were raised with Howard Stern. They go, "Well, I've always supported an act of what he wants to do," which it doesn't make it right. I mean, I like Howard more as in like now than I ever did when he was younger. When I was like, when I was younger. Well, right. So the because he's a lot on- smarter now. He's a lot more intelligent. He's not just doing stupid sexual shit to demean people. Right. So the the article talks about how over the years. Uh, Stern has been legendary, too, for reinventing himself, at, you know, going on America's Got Talent, being a judge on that, as well as now his show is much less about demeaning women and making sexual comments and more about the interviews that he does. But at the same time, they're saying a generation of men grew up with Howard Stern, where basically he would rate women all the time. Not only would he dissect their looks, he'd have famous women on and talk about their looks. They say his movie Private Parts, the same thing, basically talks about how he made his money exploiting women in sex. Yeah, and then now you wonder why you literally have people that were, what, 12, 13, 14 years old listening to Donald Trump, 
And now they're the ones that are almost 30, right, talking about how, you know, well, yeah, well, women this and women are like – and they're the ones that are agreeing with the crazy shit that Donald Trump is saying. But you don't you think You can't that say that you don't – you reap what you sow, man, and he sowed it. He, well, you don't think there's an avenue or there's a need for people like Eminem, Howard Stern, where they – it's their creative outlet? Like, that's their whole shtick? Yeah, no, you can do that. No, absolutely. Be as creative as you want to, but you can't sit there and say that other people that aren't as creative as you aren't going to take it for, like, word for word. You can't. That's what I really don't like about when people – and they say, like, well, yeah, but I'm an artist and I can be creative. You can I can, I can be creative, and I do a very creative artistic stuff, too, but I know that certain things I say are going to affect people certain ways, even if I am being sarcastic, right? And they're going to take it word for word. And, like, I, I fess up to that. Howard Stern can't sit there after 30 years of sitting there demeaning women and talking like they're nothing more than numbers, and then all of a sudden can't sit there and be like, well, you know, I really don't have anything to do with this uh, – you know, with all these men that sit there and support what Donald Trump says when he talks negatively about women. Well, when he does, Howard, like, he does. I don't think does. Howard is – Howard didn't well, comment for this He's not commenting at all, but I'm saying but he has to – I think if he was smart, he would sit there and be like, okay, he would take a stand against it. I think he would. I'm just fascinated by it because I feel like – but then don't you think if we, like, censor and go after Howard Stern, then you're basically censoring all entertainment? And you're not censoring. You're not, no one's censoring. I'm not saying censor. I'm saying that the audience asking, needs to know. The audience – like, the audience doesn't know. Like, the, he – does he still believe that? Then fine. Then he should sit there and say that. But I'm not saying that he needs to be censored. I don't think he should be censored. So you think he I, should be allowed to do it? Well, you can still say whatever the able. fuck you want to do. I don't, I'm never going to censor anybody. All I'm saying is, though, you can't sit there and say, well, I didn't have anything to do with that. Right? I can't. Like, it's like, I look at it this way, okay? If I took a gas can, right? And I'm in a field. And I just sit there and I spray gas all over this field. And I'm fucking around. I'm just spraying gas everywhere, right? I walk away. Okay. If someone randomly happens to be smoking there four days later and they drop their cigarette and the entire field, you know, goes up in flames, I can't. Like, it wasn't me that did it. Yeah, but you know, I'm still you the one that I'm still the one that torched. I'm still the one that got all the gasoline there that made it possible for it to even happen in the first place. So, what do you think the repercussions should be? Now, this writer, Nothing. I think it's like here. The thing is, I just think that they people need to understand when they do articles like this that you have to blame the audience. You know, the only people that need to be blamed for this, I'm not blaming, like, I think Howard Stern needs to admit, yeah, he did it, but it's really the audience, okay? The people that take what he said word for word, that took a millionaire, right? Took this millionaire man and thinking that, oh, really, you know why he gets away with doing this shit? Why he can be such a perv around his wife and stuff? Because he's fucking loaded, that's why. Like, you know, it's not because he's, he's not working, you know, three jobs and driving around the highway list to Howard Stern all morning. You know what I mean? He is Howard Stern. He's loaded. Like, he's got a different life. Uh, the author of this article goes on to say, like Sammy was commenting, that the same kids that watched Private Parts are now in their 30s, and some of them are raising daughters. If they raise these girls to know that they deserve respect in this world, it won't be thanks to Howard Stern. So, uh, it's really interesting. Um, and she basically says, too, like, if you go back and listen to Howard shows in 1992, that they, or in the early 90s, none of those shows would ever exist today. No. One of the article comments, the year that Rodney King, of the Rodney King beating, when racial tension in the country was running extremely high, Stern joked on air with Geraldo Rivera that, quote, the closest I came to making love to a black woman was when I masturbated to a picture of Aunt Jemima, and I did it right on her handkerchief. Uh, the author says that if Stern were ever to make comments like that today, none of it would be around and she says that but what we forget is is what you were saying is that essentially a generation of men were raised with that show a generation of people think, and like i tell people this like majority of people they have maybe like a solid 
10 years of their life that they decide what kind of entertainment they like. You know what I mean? So, like, most people, they have, like, the ages of, like, 15 or, like, to 25. That's when they're really looking at new music and getting into new music. By the time they're 25, they just like what they have. You know what I mean? Like, you look at my parents, for instance. They listen to music that they literally like between the age of 25 and 35. And that's pretty much all they listen to. That's what most people do with entertainment right. in general. Okay? okay it's those they, ages. They only, like, that's what they grasp onto. And that's what they listen to and they entertain themselves with for the rest of their life. Okay. So, now you have a whole generation of people. Okay, that the only entertainment they have is going and saying, yo, what's up, fat tits? You know, like, that to them is entertainment. But I don't think everybody listening to Howard Stern's show, any man that's listening to Howard Stern's show, is I going can, out and saying that. I can say three names right now that you'd be like, oh, shit, actually. And they're all people that used to listen to Howard Stern that we used to work with. Okay? <laughs> you. That you would sit there and you'd be like, oh, fuck. All right, Sammy. You know, no, actually, I'm going to say I'm Sarah, you ready? Okay, I'm going to say okay. <laughs> Those three people. Yeah, keep on laughing because you know that if I would have said the names, you would have been like, oh, shit, you definitely are correct, Sammy. I would blame well, Howard Stern for them. Thing. Here's my only thing about Howard. is like, isn't, you know, hasn't Howard's show always been about saying things that the audience has either felt or experienced but never can politically correct say? I mean, that's always been the point of Howard's show yeah, from but- the male perspective. And then he had a female, Robin, who, you know, would also talk about sex or, and I, I Which was also the biggest ploy in the history of, like, they go, all right, well, if we're going to have them say such bad stuff, let's get a black female. I've always wondered that. That way, no one can Robin. really complain because, you know, if he says anything about the black, no, no, Robin said it was fine. And he's like, oh, no, Robin's here. Like, that's, you know. I, he has been one of the greatest entertainers. Is that though? why you I have me know. around, Sarah, so you can say stuff about men and Arabs, and no one can get you, and no one can fire you for it? I mean, I, you know, I love what he did in the sense, like, you know, at the time, it was revolutionary to have people masturbating on air, to have people having sex. Like, that was so outrageous, and I think, you know... See, revolutionary, I don't like that word, revolution. It's not revolutionary. I don't think But no that, one else had done but, it. Yeah, okay, but it doesn't make it revolutionary, all right? I think the term revolutionary means that it wasn't the first one that did it, Sarah. That's not revolutionary. The first one that did it, just the first one that did something. Revolutionary means you did something and now everything else from that point on was never the same, okay? Well, that's true. I don't think that when we talk about, I don't think that 300 years from now when they're talking about the history, okay? Of radio and entertainment? Howard Stern will not be listed. I guarantee that. Oh, I disagree. No, they're going to talk about things like, think about it. When you talk about Radio, he may be a blurp in this radio section, but really it's going to be that. They're going to talk about Dick Clark. They're going to talk about, you know, like the world. Howard will be up there. Come on. No way. A generation of shock jocks was born from that guy. Which, by the way, none of those shock jocks have jobs anymore. I agree. Howard's the only one. But The only one that I know that still tries to do his shock jock job is some dude that follows me on fucking (laughs) Twitter, and he lives in Toledo, Ohio, and he just got fired, I think, too. So Okay, well, we would love your opinion on that. You can always follow us on social media. I'll tweet that out, too, later today. Um, Sammy is on social media the sammy k on instagram snapchat and twitter i'm on twitter and instagram under hey phrase h-e-y-f-r-a-s-e and then hey phrase show on snapchat um it's fascinating discussion i'm like god you know it's interesting that he has sort of managed to escape all that um what do you think some of the biggest career mistakes you've made have been career mistakes Mm -hmm. working for you Joking. Wow, that has killed your career? No, no. Um, career mistakes? I don't think I've, I don't know. I don't really think I have any. Or at least if I do, I don't consider them mistakes because I'm actually happier. I know. 
I, I don't. Well, I feel like I've made a lot. I mean, here actually, <laughs> I will say this. All right, one time at Krispy Kreme, I I made it like I I was joking around and I took a donut and I <laughs> like pushed the hole through with my penis. You what? know, and then I cooked it, but then like I didn't actually serve it to anybody. We just like threw it away, and it was like Seriously? funny. So like that was a career mistake. But then oh like the next God. week, actually, no, there's two career mistakes I made at Krispy Kreme, which is why I no longer work in at the donut industry. Um, and then the next week, a customer came in and she goes, "Hey, do you guys have any low calorie donuts?" In which my response was, "Yes, eat it and walk home." <laughs> And I believe those are my two biggest career mistakes I've had so far, was making the holes in the donuts with my thing and then telling someone to eat them and walk home. Wow. Okay. Well, then maybe you would maybe these would apply to you. These are recently what some millennials said have been their biggest career mistakes so far in their career. And by the way, granted, if you're a millennial, you're only probably five to ten years in maybe to your career, okay? Mm-hmm. If that, for some. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not listening to people was a big one. Do you think that would apply to you? Um, Not listening to other people's experience. Honestly, I wasn't really paying attention. So, <laughs> wanting too much too quickly. You felt like did did you fall into that trap anywhere? Yes, but I want a lot. That's what you quickly. want. That just means you're a hard worker. Like. Like, I want everything. I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know what? I can't wait just to be middle uh, middle of the road for the next 20 years Isn't and ter- slowly evolve myself up to middle management and then maybe be an executive by the time I'm 60. No one wants that. That's not how you dream and how you live. You go, no, I want it all now. See, that's interesting that you say that because I feel like in radio, we rose to the top. Like, we got to the top really quickly, and then I had the kind of opposite thing where I was like, oh, this is it. Like, <laughs> is that bad? Well, you got there and you're like, huh? No, because that's, yeah, that's the thing. Cause see, I, you consider it the top. I got there and I was like, dude, this uh, to me it was literally like serving pizza, radio job, and then, all right, what's next, guys? So, like, you know, I'm like on the what's next already. So, like, to me it was just like, oh, yeah, that was sweet. I mean, it was better than serving pizza. I thought it was pretty amazing. I mean, I moved from Mount Holyoke. I was 60 pounds overweight. I got on the like, a morning show. Then we went to number one, and we were number one for like five years. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In a major market. I thought that was great. Um, getting comfortable. Do you get too comfortable in jobs? Do you think that's been a career mistake for you? Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm supposed to be at work. If you want me to be my best, i got to be comfortable. Okay. <laughs> um, also, prioritizing money. We've all done this. Um, you end up in a sales job you hate. You become an aggressive sales-oriented person or a freelancer. You say yes to work that crushes your soul. That's one of the biggest career mistakes a millennial say that they're currently making. As a guy that works seven days a week, yeah, I understand that. Okay. Um, also, big on the list was assuming that your career is linear. That is by far the most important lesson that people have to learn. Firstly, they need to um, assume or make assumptions that everything is bad. We collectively assume a lot of things without ever really doing the research. One of those assumptions is that your career progresses linearly. Linearly. Linearly? Linearly. Thank you. Oh, my God. Say it one more time. Linearly. Linearly. Whoever said that uh, had no idea. Uh, it goes like this. You get an education. You get an internship. You stay put for three years. Then you try to become a low-level manager. After a few years, you move up. And if you stall, you move to another company or a better-paying position. Or you're a freelancer. You start doing work for free. You keep doing that for years. You can't make ends meet. You get a job. You quit your job because you hate it. You start charging for your work. And you increase your rate a little bit every year. They say that's the creative career so that most should... people want. That's what you should aspire oh, to. Oh, so you should try to aspire to be yeah. more what? Like they're saying you should be more linearly? Yeah. Well, no, because linearly would mean it's just like Oh, you the said same. it right this time. Yeah. Oh, I was linearly hoping I'd throw you off. would mean you're just on the same upward trajectory and yeah, there's no highs and lows. 
But they're saying, assuming that that's going to be your career is wrong, what your career should really be like is, look, you start out as a freelancer. Oh, so it's more like Donkey Kong. So you get right. really top, close to the top, and they knock you fucking all the way back down. you got to start at the bottom again. Right. And you keep on going back up there, and that asshole throws a wheelbarrow <laughs> at you or a barrel at you, and you fall back down again. Exactly. Yeah. Any idea why people are going to Hawaii and taking uh, volcanic ash, rocks, home with them, but then sending them back to Hawaii? To a post office there or the government? Um, so they're bringing them here. Yep. So so people are going to Hawaii. They're taking a lava rock. They're taking a lava, you yeah, know, like dust. Some, yeah. uh, um, they're taking it with them home as a souvenir. Mm-hmm. They're keeping it for a little while, but then they're sending it back to Hawaii, to a post office or to a government office. Any reason, any idea why they're sending rocks back? Um, are they doing it because they're like... Taking the rocks around, like showing the rocks like their hometown, be like, hey guys, we know you're never gonna leave Hawaii. Figured you wanna see part of the contiguous United States while you're alive as a rock. And they just kinda take the rock around. You know? Like Not a exactly. like a like a children's like teddy bear, how you would like take it on your trip with you and like take pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower and then take pictures in front of the you know, Empire State Building. And then what? Like once And then you would send back the rock with the pictures, and be like, Look at I showed this rock a good life. He's ready to die now. <laughs> no, apparently it's for bad luck. According to Hawaii's post office, on Wednesday they put out a story that they say that they get at least a half a dozen returns of volcanic ash as well as rocks every year because a lot of tourists comes and come and then realize, especially an area called, oh my God, you take, you talk which is apparently in Hawaii, there's a legend of Pele. The legend of Pele, and a lot of people realize this after they leave Hawaii, is that if you take home any sand, rocks, or shells, that it brings on bad luck. Um, the you take post office says that they usually see that visitors um, items that visitors take from the island, and they believe that they're mailing them back when they get home and they hear the legend of Pele curse. So then they want to send them back. Or they probably go home, get in a car accident, lose their job. And they're like, I've got this you know, volcanic get rock. broken up with, and they go, okay, this rock needs to go back. I don't know. I didn't really believe in curses or anything, but. Well, oh, you don't believe in curses, but you believe in psychics until today. I was going to just say, you didn't let me finish. I was okay. going to say, I can't really say that I don't believe in curses because I believe in psychics. And I am superstitious. So, I mean, I knock wood, all that stuff. So I would probably, I would not tempt fate. But anyway, the Big Island says that they get uh, dozens of returns. And then here, like, around the post office, they'll just, like, Leave put all the, the rocks volcanic- outside? <laughs> Way to go, guys. Your curse has been reversed. Um... All right, really quickly, do we have time? Do you think to talk about the foods that you should never eat while driving? Oh yeah, definitely. I can okay, talk about we'll this. talk about them really quickly because yeah, I be just that, yeah. I thought about you about this story. I wanted to get to it a while ago, but we didn't have time. Uh, recently, there was a list out of these are the the items that you should never eat while driving, and just because are these going to be likely, like so stupid, like that this is going to be obvious. Like, don't eat, you know, spaghetti alla, you know, spaghetti well, bolognese. Have you ever tried to eat ribs while driving? Why the fuck <laughs> would you eat ribs while driving? Okay. Well, these like, are the, who the hell goes there and is like, oh, yeah, let me go through the drive-thru. got myself a rack of ribs. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and slowly cut them as I drive and then eat them single by single? No. The, the National Highway Association released this list. They're saying that these are the items that can cause accidents, are most likely to cause accidents behind the wheel, or to end up, like, you know, soiling yourself. I mean, or, like, getting it all over you. Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is ordering ribs in their car? Actually, know what? Please email me. All right, email us. Like, what is it? Sammy K at afraser.com? Yeah, Sammy. Yeah. K- yeah. Email me. Okay, I want to know if you eat ribs when you. Uh, and actually, better than yet, 
Snapchat me a video of you eating ribs. So I want you to be <laughs> taking a video of yourself eating ribs while you're driving your car. Send it to us, okay? How about this tacos? The other thing, have you ever? I bet a lot of that's people bullshit. eat tacos. No, no, that's. I was gonna say tacos are actually the safest thing to eat. They say don't eat those. Who, who, who wrote this fucking this article? This is coming from the National. Hold on, this the is National from, Asshole Association. No, it sounds like no. This is legit. It's from the National Highway Association. This is their list. There's no because, dude, a taco, especially a soft taco, is the safest thing to eat. Whenever I drive from Taco Bell, I gotta wait till I'm home to eat everything else, but I can always pop out a soft taco because it's already wrapped up, right? You literally just have it. It's in one hand, Sarah. It just holds like this. You can drive with the other hand, bite, nothing comes off. It's it's not like a burger that's like falling all over the place. It's literally this tiny little thing that's in your hand. A a hard taco, maybe that's difficult, but a soft taco is fine. Cheeseburgers also make the list. You agree with that one? Okay, yeah. Cheeseburgers are tough. Cheeseburgers too messy. They say you end up getting stuff on your pants, you're wiping it off, and you crash into a pole. How about this hot soup? Okay, who I the have fuck? <laughs> who the fuck? Get out of it. Get out. Okay, no, I'm going on the show right now. You eat hot yeah. soup in the car? You know my... You eat hot soup yes, in the I've car? Yes, tr- I've eaten cozy hot soup Goodbye, in the car. guys. I'm out of here. This is... Who the hell eats hot soup in a car? I have. I was about to be. Run. I was about to be sarcastic earlier and be like, I'm going to make a hot soup joke, which you're talking about. Like, you actually eat hot soup yes, in the car? I have eaten Cozy's tomato basil soup, which is so divine, in a car driving with my, my knees. And I'll tell you, I learned that because when I used to go back and forth to New York with an old boyfriend, I would ride Eastern's bus out of mm-hmm. Chinatown in D.C. And I took a nap and I woke up and the driver was driving 85 miles an hour on the New Jersey per- Turnpike eating new- hot noodle soup. With chopsticks, driving with his knees. I said to him, I said, sir, I have never complained on this bus before. And I realize that you're probably hungry and need a snack, but yeah. you are going 85 miles an hour driving with your knees, eating hot soup and noodles. What's wrong with that? He's good at it. At least he's a professional, okay, Sarah? I thought, oh like, my God. He's a professional. And personally, remember, like, they just, they're going to eat the noodles, they're going to slurp the soup. So That's what he was doing. So, yeah, so it's not like it's dangerous. He's not like eating soup like a white person with like a spoon and you got to slowly balance it and get in there. He's eating noodles and then he's slurping the soup. So it's like having a drink and a taco. Oh, my God. When that happened, I about died. That was the last one. And then when I had to sit next to the guy with the giant tumor growing out of his elbow, that was when I said, that's it. My Eastern days, I realized that I can go to New York for $30 round trip, but it's not Wait, worth it. you know it. Chad? <laughs> I don't know who Chad is. I don't know, but this guy had a giant red tumor growing out of his, and he, of course, wore short sleeves. Chad. And I had a little peanut butter and jelly and an apple I was going to eat. I couldn't even eat for like two days. You are the worst. Right, what and else I can said, I eat when I'm driving? Said, this has gone off. Uh, hot soup is on the list. Tacos is on the list. Coffee. You shouldn't drink hot coffee. More people burn themselves and then end up having accidents that way. Chocolate. It ends up melting, getting all over your clothes, oh my your God. face. These guys are such poons. Smeared on the steering wheel, which can make your steering wheel slippery. Soft drinks. Chilies on the list. Soft drinks. Where the, where the hell else am I going to drink a fucking pop? <laughs> like, I'm going to like. What's a cup holder there for? So tell me, the cup holder is now not meant for my cup. Screwing off the cap causes drivers' issues. They say quite possibly the worst idea, guys. Oh ExxonMobil did a study of 1,000 drivers found that 83% of them drink some kind of uh, beverage behind the wheel. And while you might think it's okay, it's caused a large amount of accidents. Also, fried chicken made the list. I actually was eating fried chicken when I was driving home yesterday. And as long as. But it's a drumstick. A drumstick. It's one hand, right, Sarah? You can do. You drive with one hand. It's in one hand. I always treat it like this. If I had to drive a manual car, right? A manual car, you would be steering with one hand. And other hand shifting gears, right? So I have that right hand that I'm not shifting gears with because I have an automatic car. Put a drumstick in there. And all you got to do is just eat and take your turn. Like, it's not like it's dangerous when I was done. Just. 
Boom, threw it in the back seat. Oh my god, gross. Whatever, at least I don't need soup in my car. You're telling like I'm the weirdo. You can drink it like a soft drink. But you don't. I know you're eating like Campbell's chicken noodle or sorry, tomato. What did you have? Tomato basil? Bye, everybody. We're starting Chad's GoFundMe to remove that tumor from his elbow. I'll see you at Air Sacks tonight. Bye. Bye. Bye.